sometimes, like we all know we're supposed to pray, but sometimes we don't, we don't know how to pray, right? Or maybe we, we don't know the words that we're supposed to say, or maybe we just get bored. Have you ever gotten bored praying? You can raise your hand if that's you. Like, I've gotten bored. Like, I don't know what else to do. And so this is why we're doing this series, because we want to speak a, a fresh, just a, a fresh word, breathe some fresh air into your prayer life. And I know that I need that in my life. That's why we do 21 days of prayer two times a year. It's, it's a, kind of like a catalyst for us. It's a reset for us. And that's why we do it. So we want to just speak some fresh life into your prayer life. So we know we're supposed to pray, but we don't know what to say. And that's why our theme verse for this series is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And it says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit in every situation. Everybody say every. every. The Greek for that is every. Just every situation. Just, just do it. Just pray in every situation. So maybe you, get, maybe you have a hard time praying lengthy prayers. So maybe you, maybe you could just pray in every situation throughout the day. Like whenever, whenever you're making a decision at work, when you're dropping the kids off at school, you just little short prayers. God, be with Johnny as he goes to school today. Surround him with protection and guidance. Watch over him, Lord. As my husband or wife goes to work, God, go with them. Let them be a light. Let them be an influence. As, you know, and you just pray these little prayers. Lord, help me to decide. Should I get Coke or Sprite? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Not, you don't have to do that, but maybe you want to, right? But... You just little, little prayers. But then the second part of that says use every kind of prayer and request. So that tells us there's more than one way to pray. There's more than one prayer to pray. There's, there's different patterns all throughout Scripture and all different kinds of prayer all throughout Scripture that we can pray. So that's what we've been doing is teaching you how to pray, how, how to use these patterns. And so all of the messages in the series, they're all on our website. So if you missed one of those, if you missed a, a weekend, go back. Uh, they're archived online, and you can, you can catch them there. So before we dive in, we're going to read one of the psalms in just a moment, one of, the, one of the most famous psalms there is. But before we do that, let me ask you, uh, why should God answer your prayers? Why should God answer your prayers? And, and you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm here today. I got out of bed. I got dressed like I'm here in church. So God should, God should answer my prayers. Or, you know, I've repented of my sin. My heart's right. Got, I got cleaned up. You know, the Lord's going to surely he'll answer my prayers now. Or maybe you feel like Stuart Smalley from the Saturday Night Live show. Stuart Smalley said, because I'm, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Stuart Smalley, you need, need to YouTube him sometimes, funny. Old Stuart, let me tell you, no, none of those reasons are why God should answer our prayers. Can I tell you that God doesn't answer our prayers based on, based on who we are or what we've done. He answers prayer based on himself, on who he is, amen? So when we come to the Lord in prayer, our first the first part of our prayer shouldn't be, Lord, give me. Lord, answer. Lord, do for me. The first part of our prayer should be, Lord, you are. Lord, you are. God, you are. You are. So Jesus taught his disciples to do that in the Lord's Prayer, the everyday prayer. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. And so the first thing that we do when we pray, it, it should be to focus on God and to focus on his character and to focus on his goodness and to focus on his qualities and not just what we need. Amen? 
That's, that's, so that's what I want to do today, that we, we go to God first. We focus on him first. And let me tell you this. I heard it yesterday in 21 Days of Prayer, that if we'll focus on God's agenda first, God will focus on our agenda. We focus on his agenda first, and then he'll focus on our agenda. So what I want to do is we're going to take a look at Psalm 23, and we're going to find eight qualities in this scripture. We're going to find eight characteristics of God, and then I'm going to give you the Hebrew name for those characteristics or qualities. All right, this, it, That part will be a little bit deep, but I'm going to try to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for y'all, okay, for all of us. How many of you like cookies? And it's always good when they're on the bottom shelf. Come on, y'all just reach down and get them. That's what we're trying to do. So I'm going to give you qualities and then the, the Hebrew names of God that, that they used in the Old Testament. So... Psalm 23, we're going to read it aloud, not a soft. <laughs> aloud. Okay, here we go. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, y'all. That's a good psalm right there. Let's give God praise for that one. You know, if, if we had had a girl, I was going to name her Shirley. But I was afraid she'd follow me the rest of, my days, the, rest of the days of my life, so I just I didn't, I didn't do that, right? Sorry. Corny joke. Corny joke. Sorry. I don't get it. All right. <laughs> really, uh, so inside of Psalm 23, those first six verses, there's packed eight qualities of God. You may not have noticed them, so we're going to go back through verse by verse, and we're just going to pull out these qualities of God, and I'm going to give you the names of God with them as well, okay? So the first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. So when you go to pray, when you go to pray, the first thing you ought to do is don't focus on your needs. Focus on God. So you say it this way. When you pray, you just say, Lord, you're my shepherd. You are my shepherd. That's the first thing you just say. You just say, Lord, you are my shepherd. That's point number one back there in the back. If you guys, there you go. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. That, that's what we say to the Lord. You, you guide me. You direct me. You protect me. And so he's not just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. He's not just a God. He's not just somebody that we read about or we talk about or we sing about. No, he is my God. He's my best friend. He's your shepherd. He's my pastor. And that's what the word shepherd means. It's actually the Hebrew word there is it's this, Jehovah Reah. So somewhere in your notes you can scribble that down. That's the Hebrew word for shepherd. And it literally means pastor. He's my pastor. He's your pastor. So I'm, I'm the pastor here at City Hope, right? And I have my own pastor. I have a pastor that I, I have back in Alabama. And I think everybody needs a pastor. I think everybody needs a shepherd in their life. Everybody needs a church, a place they can call home. Everybody needs that in your life. 
And, and so it's okay. There's a season for you to kick the tires and check under the hood and kind of scope out churches and see whether a church ought to be for you, whether you should call that church home. There's certainly a season for that. But there's also a moment where you say, I'm all in. I'm diving in. I'm, I'm going deep. I'm, I'm going to lock arms. I'm, I'm into this. Um, this is my home. There's a, there's a season where you kick the tires, and there's a season where you say, this is my church, and you're my pastor. And, and, and here's, here's an invite for you. I want to take a moment to just say, if you're feeling that for City Hope, like you've been kicking the tires, and you're like, man, I, I kind of like it here. I really like the, the vision. I like, I like where the, the heartbeat of the church, then the next step for you really is growth track. And it's step one. Step one's our membership. And that's where you'll learn all about who City Hope is. What's our vision? Where are we going? What's God calling us to do here in Wichita Falls? And, and so you can go to that. Check it out. It's two weeks. We're going to do it on September 8th. Two weeks from now, you'll be able to start that. But here's what I want for you. I, I want you to find a home church. And can I tell you, it doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be here, but it needs to be somewhere. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't have to be here. It needs to be somewhere where you can say, I believe in this. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going after it. Amen? Can, I, can you just bear witness with me on that? So, so part of my role as the pastor here is to lead you and to feed you. All right? That's what I do is I lead and I feed, but it's also to help you feed yourself. Because how many of you know if you, if you don't eat between now and next Sunday, you're going to be starving? In the, in the physical sense. But can I tell you, you will also in the spiritual sense? You're going to be malnourished if the next time you eat is next Sunday. So I'm here to feed you, but just like any good parent, I'm here to teach you how to feed yourself. I'm here to teach you how to, how to get to know God on your own. How, how to pray, how to read your word, how to, how to just dive in into a life-giving relationship with Jesus on your own. And that's what I want for you. So I'm here to give you a steady diet of worship and the Word on Sundays. And then to help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus Monday through Saturday. That's why we're here. That's what my role is. And, and, but I need you to know this. I, I may be your pastor, but above that, God is the chief pastor. And you need a relationship with him. You need a life-giving relationship with the shepherd of all shepherds. And a shepherd, he has three roles. He's there to direct you. He's there to, he's there to protect you. And he's there to correct you. So he directs your path. He says, hey, guys, this is the way we're going. Follow me. We're going this way. Don't, don't go. That's the cliff over there. You're coming this way. He's there to protect you to, from, from all the harm, from the, from the wiles of the enemy, right? That's what the scripture calls it. The, the, just the, all the dangers of the wilderness. He's there to protect you. But he's also there to correct you. He's got that shepherd's nook, that little hook, and he'll just bring you right back in the fold on one side, and then he'll turn it over, and he'll say, Pop, what are you doing? Come on, think about it. Right? I don't do that, but God might do that, right? He, he might whip us into shape sometimes, just a little, just a little, hey, 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 come on, come on. That's what he's there to do, to be our shepherd. So Jehovah Reah. And Jesus said it this way, that I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So can I ask you, do you know the shepherd, and does the shepherd know you? Okay? You're, you become a self-feeder. Learn to feed yourself. Learn, learn, learn to read the Scripture. Learn to read the Bible. Learn, learn to pray on your own and become a self-feeder. 
All right, so when you pray, you just say, Lord, you're my shepherd. You're my pastor. You guide me. You direct me. You protect me. You lead me beside still waters. You're with me every step of the way. The second one is this. In Psalm 23, verse 1, the second part of that says, I shall not want. I shall not want. And so you can pray it this way. You just say, Lord, you're my provider. You're my provider. You take care of me. And the Hebrew name for this is is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. It just means that he supplies everything we need. There's nothing we need in this life that God can't give us. So, Lord, you're my provider. It reminds me of an old song we used to sing back in the day. It said, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Yeah, only y'all Pentecostals know that one because that was, <laughs> right? Some, some of y'all know. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient. So the tendency for us, we're humans, and the, our tendency is to provide on our own, to be our own provider, to take care of our own needs. But let me give you some advice today. The best advice I can give you is don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Don't fall into the trap of providing for yourself. See, don't tr- you, you don't want to trust in riches. You want to trust in the one who richly provides. You want to trust in the one who provides. And there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with earning. There's nothing wrong with making a living and, and hard work. But don't trust in your ability to provide. Because here's what will happen. You won't just have money. Money will have you. And it'll begin to control your life. And it'll begin to dictate your decisions and, and, and who, you've, who your friends are and where you go and things that you do. And so some of you are feeling that today. You're feeling that there, maybe there's a love for money. And that's what the Bible says is evil. It's the love of money. And so you're trusting in yourself to provide. And that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. So research actually says this. It says that people who make the most money statistically often give the least. And here's why. It's because it's, it's their security. The money is their financial security. And, and, and can I tell you that you will never be financially secure on this earth. Ever. And I'll prove it to you. Let me ask you. How much money do you need to be financially secure? And you're thinking to yourself, more than I currently have right now. <laughs> right? And so what happens when you get more than you currently have right now? What do you need? More. You need more. And you need more. And you need more. So you'll never be financially secure. It's not possible. On the other side of that, statistics tell us that people who, who make less money often give more. And it's because they know that they can't trust in their riches. They can't trust in the money to be there. They can't put their hope in this money. So we've got to get to this point where we're not trusting God. We're not trusting ourselves to provide. We're trusting God to provide. You're my provider, Lord. So I think this is a good opportunity to tell you a story I heard this week. And it kind of fits with what I'm talking about, but um, not really. Uh, But there's always time for a good Boudreaux joke, all right? So Boudreaux, um, Boudreaux's wife, Marie, got arrested for shoplifting. She had stolen a can of peaches and she had to go before the judge that day. And so Boudreaux went with her to the judge and the judge was in a bad mood. He was not happy uh, 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 about his day. And so he 
he hears Marie's case and, and he says, Marie, for every peach that's in that can, you're going to go to jail for a year or for, for a month. A month for every peach in that can. She said, Judge, there's four peaches in that can. He said, well, you're going to jail for four months. And then Boudreaux raised his hand and he said, Your Honor, she also stole a can of peas. Yeah, that's funny right there. Listen, it's a trap to be your own provider. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a trap to, to provide for yourself. So Philippians 4, Paul says it this way, that my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's the one who supplies. He's the one who provides. So Lord, we thank you that you're our provider. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you that you lead us. We thank you that you meet every one of our needs. And then we go to verse 2 of Psalm chapter 23, and it says that he makes me to lie down. He makes me lie down. That's another word. Just, just like if you won't lie down, he's going to make you lie down. <laughs> he, he's going to make you rest. Listen to this. He leads you beside still waters. See, some of you, he's just saying some of you need to slow down. You're going too far. You're going too fast. You're doing too much. And you need to take a walk in the green pastures. You might have to go a little south to find some green pastures but because it's dry here, right? But you can find them somewhere. Go Take a walk by Lake Wichita. Just walk. Just get, get, in, get some rest. Le let him lead you beside still waters. Let him lead you beside the still waters. And he's, he's saying you need to slow down. So here's how you pray it. Num number, number three, you're my peace. God, you're my peace. I'm not looking to anything else in this life you are my peace. You're my peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. That's what he wants for you. The peace of God. In other words, I'm not looking to the bottle for my peace. I'm not looking to medicine for my peace. I'm not looking for coping mechanisms for my peace. I'm not looking for relationships or somebody else's advice for my peace. I'm looking to God alone. You're my peace. God, you're the one. You're my peace. And the Hebrew word here is, is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, and it literally means nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness, wholeness. That's, that's Shalom. That's what God wants for you, that there's nothing missing in your life, that there's nothing broken in your life, that there's a completeness, that there's a wholeness, that there is peace. And some of you are stressed to the max right now. You're stressed. You're wore out. You've got a lot on your plate, and maybe it's work, maybe it's, maybe it's money, maybe it's a financial issue or a family issue or a health issue that you're dealing with. Maybe it's self-inflicted, where you have taken on too much in your life, and it's weighing you down. And I, I want you to look at me, because I want to tell you, you need to stop. You need to slow down. 
You need to let God lead you beside some still waters and rest for a minute. And you're saying, well, we can do it. There's two of us. we got the grandparents involved. We can do it. But just because it's doable doesn't mean it's sustainable. It's, it's not sustainable. You, you've, got, you've, got to, you've got to rest. And if there's young years here today, I want you to cover your young, your young years for a second because I want to say something that might just be a little bit crass. And I've, uh, I don't talk this way normally, but I feel, I feel like I need to get a point across to you. And, and the scripture talks about it in Ecclesiastes. It says it's better to have one handful with little than to have two handfuls with turmoil. And so I want to say to you that it's better to have less and be at peace than to have more and be pissed. And that's where I feel like some of you are. Some of us is that we're, we're just like this escalated level all the time. And we've got so much going on that there's, there's all these emotions and all these, this anger. And friends of yours might say, dude, you just seem a little bit PO'd. You just seem a little bit frazzled. You're out of sorts. You're not yourself. You've got a lot going on in your life. And I'm just saying it, it's better to have less than be at peace. Is that an okay word for me to say? I don't talk like that normally, but I, I, want, I felt like, I mean, we... Sometimes you, we use those words, and I just need you to get it. Like, have less and be at peace. Be, be at shalom, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Lord, you're my peace. Lord, you're, you, you are the one who makes me complete. Amen? John chapter 14, Jesus said it this way, that I leave you peace. Peace I leave you, and my peace I give you. And he says, I don't give like the world gives because they give and then they take it back. But it's yours forever. So don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. He's given us peace. And then we go on to the, the next verse, the next part. It says that he restores my soul. He restores my soul. And that word just means that he heals us. He heals us. And it means that he... Here's the literal meaning of it, that he causes it to come back to the point that it left. Okay, it means that he causes it to return to the place of origin, where it, where it began. So in other words, your health was great. You were doing great in your health. And then you had some a turn for the worse, and you ended up over here. And then he restores it by taking it back to the original location. He takes it back to where it left. Your marriage was great. You guys were doing so well. And then the enemy came in and there was some division and it got off of balance. And God restores it. When he restores it, he takes it back to the original. He restores. And it's not just a physical restoration. So here's how we pray it we say, Lord, you're my healer. You thank him. Like, God, you're my healer. You restore my soul. You restore my emotions. You restore my body. You restore my will, my mind, my will. You restore that. And, and I'm not just talking physically. I'm, I'm saying to you today that he is here to heal broken hearts, and he can heal mental illness, and he can restore marriages, and he can reconcile races, and he can restore dreams, and he can, he can give you high, high hopes for a living. Shooting for the stars when I couldn't make a killing. 
What was the next line? Didn't have a dime, but I always had a vision. I gotta have high, high hopes. That's what he wants for you. He wants to restore your dreams and restore your vision, restore your hopes. Y'all didn't even know I knew that song, right? Restore your hopes. That's what he wants for you. Restoration. Restore. So God doesn't, I love this. We heard it so many times over 21 days of prayer that God doesn't want to just heal your diseases. He wants to heal every area of your life where you are at dis-ease. You are diseased. He wants to heal every area. I'm telling you, he wants that for your life, and I want that for your life. And so if you'll let me, uh, if you'll let me pastor you for a minute, I want to lead you. We're just coming out of this 21 days of prayer, and and. And it's just been an incredible time. And now we're about to go into a season of groups, small groups. It's, we don't just do groups here. We are a church of groups. It's what we are. And we're getting ready to go into this season. They're launching in two weeks. And so you'll be able to search those groups uh, online or through the Church Center app. You'll be able to find a group that really fits you. But there are some of you here today that you're just being nudged to lead a group. Maybe you've even been thinking, man, I wish we had a group like this. And that might be the Lord's way of saying, hey, you, you need to lead a group. You need to step out and do it. And so we, we want to partner with you. We want you to lead that group. I'm telling you, you will, be, you will never be more fulfilled than when you're leading a, a group of people, than when you open up your home and, and, and when you help somebody else find freedom. Amen? You'll never, you'll never be more fulfilled. And so um, next weekend, there's small group leader training. We'll answer all the questions for you. You can talk to Annalise about that. She leads our groups, and she'll help you um, just be ready and, and, and uh, ready to go to lead a group. But, but the other thing is that there are some of you who need to be in a group. You're not ready to lead one, but you need to be in one. And what I love about small groups is that it's this, it's this part of our journey where, where we get to know some people. Like on night one, you're probably not going to open up. You're going you're to have your guard up. But over time, you're going to take the mask off. And, and, and you're going to lean into somebody and you're going to say, Hey, I'm struggling in this area of my life. And you're waiting for the hammer to drop on you. Because you think nobody else could possibly be going, what you're going, going through what you're going through. You're waiting for them to say, Oh, you can't come back to our group. <laughs> Only to find out that they say, Oh, me too. I'm dealing with that too. And those are the, the two most powerful words in, in the English language is, me too, man, I'm, I'm struggling with that too. Or I used to struggle with that area of my life as well. And I'm telling you, this is where you find healing is in small groups because you find forgiveness when you, when you talk to God. You find healing when you talk to others. That's what James says. That when you, when, you, when you pray to God, he forgives and he washes you clean, but the healing is found when you confess to, to other people. So I want that for your life. And there's one group in particular that I want every one of you to go through at some point in your journey, and that is the freedom group. Hey, where's all my freedom people at? If you went through freedom, come on, let me hear you. Woo, woo, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, went, we did a freedom group earlier this year with people who were on our launch team because we wanted to be ready for, to launch it full-fledged this fall. And Freedom is a systematic, it's a systematic group that helps you, it helps restore your soul. That's what it does. About 12 weeks that we do this group, and I'm telling you, it's one of the best groups because God wants to bring healing in your life. Amen? I believe that. 
I believe it with all my heart. So First Peter says it this way, that, that he personally carried, Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that, so that we can be dead to sin. So, in other words, so that we don't have to be controlled by it anymore. And then so that we could live for what is right. And don't you, I want to do that, don't you? I want to live for what is right. By his wounds, we're healed. So once you were like sheep without a shepherd. We're still sheep, but now we have a shepherd. And Jesus is our shepherd. We've turned to him. He's the guardian of our souls. He's watching out for us. He's the shepherd of our souls. And that's what I want for us. So the next part, it says, the next part of Psalm says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So this tells me that if there's a path of righteousness, there must be a path of unrighteousness. Come on, yeah. There's a, there's a path of unrighteousness. Let me say it this way. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. Do we still believe in that? In our society, there's right and there's wrong. So that's, that's what we need the shepherd to lead us in the path of righteousness. And this, this Hebrew word is Jehovah Sidkenu. And the T here is silent. So I remember it by saying Jehovah sit in a canoe. That's, you'll remember it that way. Jehovah Sidkenu. And it literally means that he's working righteousness inside of us. So not only does he make you right, but can I tell you today that he, he has forgiven all of your sins, past, present, and future. And that's the best news you'll ever hear in your life. See, when I was, I had a hard time with this theology growing up because I believe that if you sinned, you were, you were going to hell in a handbasket. Like, it was, you, there was no hope. It was not a good way to live, if I'm honest with you. And so all of my prayers were always, God, forgive me. Like, I was waiting for the rapture to take place. Like, Jesus is going to come back any minute, and I'm going to be left behind. And I lived in this fear. I was always asking for forgiveness. Well, then I had friends on the other side of the spectrum. They were the other extreme that was, that was a uh, eternal security or um, once saved, always saved theology, which I understand better now. But at the time, what they were telling me was, oh, yeah, once you get saved, you can do whatever you want to. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Just live however you want to once you get saved. I don't, I don't think that really flies with God. And, and so I was in this, like, nebulous space. Like, what do I believe? And, and even into my ministry, I was wrestling with this. Until I realized that I am right with God, not because of anything that I have ever done in my entire life. That God unconditionally loves me for no good reason. I gave him no reason to love me. And he, he makes me right with God because of Jesus Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus. That's why I'm righteous. I'm righteous because he's righteous. You can be righteous because he's righteous. And, and that's what he's working inside of us. So when we pray, we just say, God, you're a righteous God. You're so good. You make us in right standing with you. And we just begin to thank him and we praise him. And see, some of you may be feeling the same way that I felt. You're, you're in this space like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what to believe. And, and I, I just feel condemnation on one side. And, and, and so you're in this, this conundrum, if I can use that word. It's just... You're trying to figure it out. And you think that being righteous or living for the Lord means you have to be a fuddy-duddy, right? 
You got to start slicking your hair back, wearing three-piece suits, and, and you got to change your voice so that whenever somebody asks you how you're doing, you say, glory to God, my brother. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm anointed of the most heavenly Father in the gracious heavens above. It means you have to speak in King James. Thee before thou, except after thine. You know, you just... No, that's not it. I'm just telling you today that if, if, if you'll just lean into the Lord, if you'll just accept the, that you're righteous because of Jesus Christ alone, if you'll learn to live in that, I'm telling you, life is so much more fun. There's so much joy, and you will love your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. First Peter says it this way. Don't, don't conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Hey, you, you were living over here. You didn't know any better then, but now you do. And so he says, just as he who called you out is holy, hey, you ought to strive to, strive to live your life for him. Amen? All right, verse, verse 4. So we're just saying, all right, God, you're, you are my righteousness. I'm right because you're right. Now, verse 4 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Everybody say, with me. So... This just means he's there. Like, in a very literal sense, he's there. So you could say that the name of God is there. That's his name? Yep. What's your name? There. Where are you at? There. Where are you from? There. What's your name? There. I'm, I'm, he's there. And, and can I, listen to me. If you're, if you're at the funeral home, he's there. If, if you're in the office, he's there. If you're at the hospital, he's there. He's, he is everywhere. There's nowhere you can go on this earth that he's not there. He's at the hospital. He's, if you go on vacation, he's there. If you, if you go to school, he's there. If you go to Chick-fil-A, he's there. If you go to Popeye's, he ain't there. We're settling that debate. Just Just kidding. If you work at Popeye's, we love you too. Just, uh. Hey, he's there. The, the, Ju the Jewish covenant name is Jehovah Shammah. That's, that's the, the Hebrew word, Jehovah Shammah. He's there. And, and this is, you are my constant companion. We're just praying, God, you're my companion. Everywhere I go, you're there. Wherever I have never been, you're also there. Whatever I might be afraid of on the other side, you're there. He's there. He's with us every single step of the way. So I remember before we moved here in, in 2018, it was early spring of last year. We were still living in, in Madison, Alabama, and uh, we're a big baseball family. So we were at the park, a very public baseball complex, and our car is within several hundred feet of where we're having practice, and our car is broken into and they stole Annalise's wallet that had her license, had her wedding ring. It had, uh, it had social security cards, credit cards, had everything in there. And yeah, you're frustrated in the moment, but later on that evening as you're getting ready to go to bed, the thought crosses my mind like, oh, snap, they know where we live. Like, they, they got our license. They, the address is on the license. Like, man, this is like, they know everything about our kids. I don't and, and you kind of have this moment of fear. You ever been there? We slept with the alarm on that, and I promise you that. 
But can I tell you this? Guess who was with us the entire time? God was there. And we had a great night's sleep because God was there. And somebody here today, you need to know that you can have a, a good night's sleep tonight because God is there. He's there. Every step of the way. Nowhere you can go that he's not there. In fact, the scripture says in Hebrews that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So I can stand here today with boldness and confidence, and I can tell you the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What can men do to me? <laughs> I, I love, I love, I'm thinking that Paul wrote this. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but I, I like it. He's like, what can men do to me? I mean, if I die, I'm going to heaven. It's all good, right? Psalm 23, verse 5, this is coming up on our seventh one. It says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, while, while enemies are trying to pick a fight with you, God says, hey, you go to lunch. I got this. Hey, go, go out for a nice meal. I got it. I, I, I'm taking care of this. While he's fighting our battles, we get to chow and chill. That's a great name for a small group, by the way. It's, Chow and chill. We, we get to just sit back and we, we, get to, we get to rest and relax while God is out there fighting our battles. So we pray it this way. We say, God, you're my defender. You're my protector. You're with me. You go before me. And the Hebrew word here is Jehovah Nisi. And it just means it's, it's a banner of victory. So, so before the battle even begins, God's out there waving this banner that says, hey, we already won. Y'all might as well pack up and go home. The enemy is defeated. Y'all can just take your stuff and go home in Jesus' name. Amen? I, I rem back in East Tennessee, we'd say, get on out of here. Get. Get. That's what, that's what God's telling the devil. Hey, you're already defeated. The battle is won. There is, there, you don't have the victory. You don't even have a shot for the victory. So you just get on out of here. He's waving that banner of victory. Do you know what's going on right now? All across the world, there's men and women who are deployed, and they're, they're waving this banner called the American flag. And while you're sitting here in church today, and you're about to go enjoy a nice lunch with your family. There's men and women deployed all across the world who are fighting battles on our behalf. And, and they're, they're in contact with the enemy on our behalf. And I just think we ought to love on them today. We ought to just honor our military. And let's just love on them. Let them know we love, we love you. Thank you for serving. Yes. Hey, we get to rest. We get to sleep good at night because they're fighting our battles for us. And God's doing the same thing. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's our defender. <laughs> He's our defender. So Th Thessalonians says it this way. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you. Not only will he strengthen you, but he, hey, he's going to protect you from the evil one. All right, verse 5 of Psalm 23, it says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And this word anointing just means that he's given you a supernatural ability. There's something that you were born to do. Can I tell you that? Like you, you were not born to just take up space. You were born with a purpose and with a destiny and he's called you. He's anointed you. He has appointed you. He, he has called you out 
And he has a purpose for your life. And my cup runs over means that he's given you more than you need. He didn't just give you enough. He gave you more than enough to accomplish what he's called you to do. So I've been anointed by God and by overseers to be the pastor here at City Hope. And, and can I just tell you this? If you'll let me, I want to be your pastor until we retire. I, I hope we can. I hope we can just stay right here and just love you and be pastors here and see this city change for Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what I want. But listen, I'm not the only one anointed. God's anointed you. God has anointed you. You have purpose. You have a destiny. It's for you. And I want to see that in your life. God wants to see that in your life. So here's how we pray it. We say, Lord, you're my sanctifier. And that's a kind of a churchy word, I understand. But it, it, it just means, you're, Lord, you've got me on a progression. You saved me, and I'm thankful for that, God, but you didn't just leave me there. You didn't just save me. You've got me on this progression. You're sanctifying me, and you're taking me step by step to know you, to find freedom, to discover purpose, to make a difference so that I can make a difference in somebody else's life. Why? So that they can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference in somebody else's life so that they can know God, find freedom, right? That's what he wants for us. He's our sanctifier. So we, we pray it that way. So we say, Lord, you're everything I need. You've got me on this journey. The, the Jewish word, the Hebrew name here is Jehovah Mekedesh. And it just means he set you apart for something special. That you're called. And I want you to realize this today. I want you to get this in your soul today, that you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He's called you. He's purposed you. So I want to I leave you with this, this last fill in the blank. Actually, I want to I read a scripture to you first. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for you today. It comes from Hebrews. It says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus. In other words, now, now may the God of peace who raised Jesus from the dead. All right? Notice, Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. What would a shepherd do? Would he, would he pet you? Oh, you're so sweet. W would, he, would he just love on you? Would he ooh at you? No. He wants to equip you with every good thing for doing his will. <laughs> you're anointed. He's got purpose for you, and he wants to equip you with everything so that you may, he may work in us what is pleasing to him. That's the way I want to live my life, that I would please him in everything that I say and that everything that I do. So let me leave you with this last, this last blank. Why should God answer your prayers? Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. <laughs> That's what you to leave here today with when you start your prayer lord you're my shepherd just just focus on god don't focus on your needs 
And let me pray for you today. God, we love you. And we thank you that you are our shepherd. Lord, you are our pastor. You direct us. You protect us. You correct us. You lead us beside still waters. Lord, you provide for everything that we need. And so, Lord, we thank you that we don't have to look to our job for provision. We don't have to look to the government for provision. We don't have to look for the, to, to our neighbors or to family members for provision. We can look to you because you are our provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. Lord, we thank you that you are our peace today, that you give us shalom, that nothing is missing, nothing is broken. There is completeness. There is wholeness. There is peace. There's still waters and green pastures today. Lord, we thank you that you are our restorer. You don't just save us, but Lord, you have us on this journey. You, you, you take us back to better than you found us. Lord, we thank you that you never leave us as you found us, God. We thank you for your righteousness, that we get to be right with you, not because we're good enough, not because we're smart enough, not because people like us, for no other reason that the blood of Jesus makes us right with you. Lord, you're our companion. We thank you that you are with us every step of the way. When we feel lonely, when we feel isolated, when we feel, when we feel separated from everybody else, when we're dealing with depression, when we're dealing with anxiety, when we're dealing with guilt, and when we're dealing with worry and fear, when we're struggling with mental illnesses, God, you're there. You're in the middle of it all. You, you're there. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You're there. And we thank you that you're our defender that you protect us, that you put a hedge of protection around us. The arrows may fly by day. Oh, but God, you're, you're, you're surrounding us. You're surrounding us, God. You're surrounding us. God, you're our sanctifier. We're on this spiritual journey, and we thank you that you have purpose and destiny for us today. We want to walk in that. In Jesus' name. With your heads still bowed, let me let me um, just wrap up by asking you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's He whispering in your ear? Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you feel this tug in your heart that you've never felt before. That's the Holy Spirit. He's He's just He's just wooing you. And maybe you're here today and you say, Ben, I can't pray prayers like this. I don't even have a relationship with God. I don't, I don't even know God. I've got to start somewhere. Where do I start? Maybe you're here today. You're far from God. Maybe you're, you feel the distance between you and God. You, you feel the weight of your past, the weight of your sin, the weight of your decisions. And I just want to tell you that today God is standing on the front porch of heaven and he's got the biggest smile on his face and he's looking for you. He's waiting for you to come home. So if that's you, you're far from God today and you want to make it right with God. You want to, you want to let God be the boss of your life from this day forward. If that's you, just slip up your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Thank you. I see you in the back. Who else? God bless you. I see you in the back. I see you back there. Who else? Say, Ben, that's me. Ben, I, I need a relationship with Jesus. Who else wants to join three people today? Three people. Say, Ben, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? I need Jesus in my life. I need a fresh start. I need, I need a do-over, a blank slate. Who else today? God bless you. Come on, right where you are. Say this prayer with me. Say it loud and proud. Say, Jesus... I give my life to you. 
I am yours. No more running from you. I'm running to you. You are my shepherd. You are my provider. You are my peace. You are my restorer, my righteousness, my companion, my defender, my sanctifier. I give my life to you. Will you be in charge? Your will, your way, I confess you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's praise God today.